This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. It's seven past one on 2NURFM, and that means it's time to talk travel. Sally Lucas joining me, Jane Klein, and we're looking at the Cultural Olympiad. There are some other things happening in London and the UK around the Olympics next year. We'll find out a bit more about those, and we'll go travelling by train in UK and Europe. You're listening to Talking Travel, and Sally Lucas, we're going... Somewhere very interesting, somewhere that's in the news for sporting reasons, but there's more to it than that. There certainly is, and we're talking Destination London. And London is a real potpourri these days of old and new, which I think is quite wonderful because you do have to move on, but you also need to keep relics of the past as well that people are interested in, particularly Australians um, who love going for the historical reasons um, that we don't have here, of course, being such a young country. So I just thought we'd mention next year, other than the Olympics, which, of course, everybody knows about, where they're having all sorts of other things in London to, um, com- I suppose, to corroborate with the Olympics for people who do want to do things other than sport. So they're having what they're calling a cultural Olympiad happening in London as well. And some of the things they're doing, just to give you an idea is Dickens, who would have been born 200 years ago in February. So they're having a wonderful exhibition at the Museum of London presenting Dickens and London. And, of course, his works tackled the great social questions of the 19th century, wealth and poverty and prostitution and childhood mortality and philanthropy, etc. So, And the exhibition includes paintings, photographs, costumes, objects, illustrating his work's themes. And Dickensian London will be recreated with ha- haunting sounds and projections and audio-visual presentations, etc. So this is all going to be going on um, from December 9 this year right through till June the 10th next year at the Museum of London. Now, the other thing that's, um, of course, famous for is the Globe Theatre and Shakespeare, naturally, and a lot of uh, Shakespeare aficionados, and you are that you are or you aren't, but um, his work is, a lot of his works are going to be on at the Globe Theatre, but there are other theatres that will be participating as well. Um, now, if you want to, there's a, a website you can go on to, World Shakespeare Festival. .org.uk if you want more information on what's happening. And it's his birthday, of course, on the 23rd of April next year. So that's why they're another reason, of course, is why they're going to have it as part of that Olympiad. And that will go right through the year as well. So that is another one. And that's also at the... Um, other places it's at is the Almeida Theatre, um, even things on the BBC, the National Theatre and so on. But if I say, if you get onto that website, you'll get all the information and what plays or what we, his works are being played as well. Um, of course, we've got the Chelsea Flower Show. You can't forget that. That's on uh, as usual next year, which is May 22 to 26. Um, and that's, um, if you look at RHS. That's the initials rhs.org.uk. You'll get more information on the Chelsea Flower Show. Now, also, there's plenty for the art lovers as well. And they're going to have an, a Picasso exhibition over there. And it's really, it's going to be at the Tate Gallery. And it's going to be doing Picasso and modern British art. And it features more than 150 works from both his private and public collections, which is quite substantial. And it's on display from February 15 to July 15. So that's another one. And also there's going to be a Leonardo da Vinci called Painter at the Court of Milan. And it's apparently it's been hyped as a must-see exhibition. And it's said to be the most complete display of his rare surviving paintings. Now, that exhibition is at the National Gallery from November 9 
this year through to February 5 only, though. Um, but, yes, there's lots on. And also next year, Lizzie, the Queen, will celebrate 60 years on the throne. Really? So it's a golden jubilee, and there's lots of things happening there, which the monarchists, I'm sure, would love, and traditionalists. And there's lots of things you can participate in, and there's lots of exhibitions and things happening as well. So, yeah, there's lots happening, as we said, for all sorts of reasons. And one other thing I'd like to mention, Jane, when I was there, I could see them doing the build-up when I was there last year to get you know London ready for the Olympics. And, of course, they were cleaning buildings and doing all sorts of wonderful things, getting things up to scratch. And, and I couldn't get over how much more modern London had become instead of the dark, dingy little pubs. You know, they've, they've opened them up more and there's more of a cafe lifestyle. And I always was very sceptical about the London Eye, that huge, big Ferris wheel. But it is fantastic. And it moves so slowly and you get this incredible view. You can see, I forget how many kilometres you can see, but it's, and you can see everything. You can pick out, you know, Big Ben and the Houses of Parliament and the Tower Bridge and all these wonderful things that we know so well and hear about. And the other lovely thing to do is to go do a ferry trip on the Thames and maybe go down to Greenwich and stand either side of that median line, which gives us Greenwich Mean Time, etc. And that's a lovely little village down there too. So there's lots of wonderful things to do in London as well as the Olympics. And I think they really got themselves geared up for it and well prepared for it as well. So London in a nutshell. We are talking travel and Sally Lucas, rail travel. Now that's always got a, a bit of excitement to it. It has, I think, or a bit of romance or a bit of everything, I guess. But I think just to share the benefits with um everybody today about why travelling by train in Europe and the UK. I guess the why is is the no waiting, the no lengthy airport check-ins, no downtime, no possible flight delays and cancellations. Um, very rare that you have a, a strike with rail. I mean, I guess it can happen, but I mean, it, it is a rarity. Um, it is and in a, the news, isn't it, at yeah, the moment? Uh, well, that's right. And you only have to arrive like usually 15 to 30 minutes prior to departure, not hours, you know, so there's it's a lot easier. And also many trains now, the fast trains, travel at 300 kilometres an hour, which allows you to move between cities quite quickly quickly and efficiently and also even as opposed to driving you know you're not going to be on the motorways driving on the wrong side of the road if you're in Europe to us um, you know worried about signs and exits and what you have to do and parking in cities in Europe is a nightmare an absolute nightmare I can assure you so if you are going to hire a car I would suggest you only do it in more your regional areas catch a train to your destination in that regional area and then hire a car but don't hire a car out of Paris or Rome or well, even London it really is. It's it's quite, you know, harrowing, I would say, to the least. Um, and also, you've got, you've got such short travel times to get to places now, like even within cities, like within Paris or in London, like you can get from one side of the city in less time than it would probably take you normally, you know, just to get to an airport and check in or whatever. So you can get around everywhere so much more quickly, efficiently. Their, their train systems are unlike ours. They are very efficient and they do run very well. And there's all sorts of passes you can get, you know, or you can travel within the cities at non-peak times and travel cheaply. You can get day tickets, you can get week tickets, you can get regional passes for areas, country passes, multiple country passes. Um, and they're saying that within Europe, at some stage, they feel this is going to happen, that gradually there won't be hardly any air 
traffic because of trains will take over and most countries are introducing and building as we speak new train lines so that they can all run a fast train service between their countries and so that would sort of it will help that congestion that air congestion that pollution that's another thing I mean you've got the less pollution which everyone wants these days relaxation of course you can just sit and watch the world go by usually most of these wonderful trains these days have got dining cars or you can always take your own food on board if you want the seating is extremely comfortable you've got good leg room um You've got, you know, Europe's got over 250,000 kilometres of train tracks at your fingertips at the moment. And you've got departures like the Eurostar, for example, departs 16 times a day between London and Paris. So by the time you got to an airport to fly from London to Paris, you'd be there and you'd be checked into your hotel. So just wonderful. And and also, I mean, you, you often get discounts as well, like for seniors or family passes, um, or you travel in a group, you can get a group discount if there's a few of you travelling with groups. Um, so youth discounts for the under 26s, um, as we said, the seniors ones. And also you've got the option, maybe if you're doing a long journey where maybe the, um, the scenery isn't as interesting, you could do an overnight journey. And that saves you a hotel fee and all you've got to do is pay a little extra for a couchette or a sleeping berth. So all the benefits, I think, and, and also you're going from centre city to centre city. So you're in Paris or in London, you're not out at an airport kilometres away that's going to cost you another form of transport to get in, whether it be by taxi, train, bus, whatever. So it really is a wonderful way to travel. There's some wonderful passes available, great trains, as I said, less hassle, no waiting. So just just keep that in mind if you're going to Europe and the UK, that really it is a lovely way to travel and it saves you the hassle. And just use your car travelling for regional areas once you've hopped off your train where you might be wanting to poke around little areas where there isn't a train service and use your flights just for more your long haul to get you from A to B. So if you're really going all the way, say, from London down to Athens, well, sure, I'd agree, you'd fly. But if you're just going to more the northern, nearer Europe train it better way of doing it well thank you sally lucas why don't we do it again next week why don't we jane after the one o'clock news on to a new rfm